Good morning, Cleveland. This is Pastor C.A. here at Faith Memorial Church in this great city of Cleveland, Tennessee, and I hope that you were having a blessed day, and I want to thank you for tuning in to Thinking Out Loud here with me. This morning, I wanted to kind of introduce you guys to an idea that you may or may not be familiar with. Now, we all know about proximity and the distance between two people, and in the early 1960s, there was a scientist named Edward Hall who coined these four proximity zones or four spatial zones. And basically the way that these work is that, you know, the if you're right next touching someone, that's like intimate and then two feet away, that's like private or personal. And then, you know, six to 10 feet would be like social and then anything beyond that would be, you know, public. And that that's kind of to define, you know, how you should interact with people based on how well you know them. But There's another aspect that you can take this on a little bit of a deeper level and you can talk about it in relationship rather than proximity. And you can talk about the four spheres of relationship and it would maintain the same. You know, your public sphere of relationship is, you know, if you go to Walmart and you're in a crowded store because we know that the Cleveland Walmart is always crowded. If you're in the crowded store and you're you know walking around and you there's people that you know or you've seen before but you're not real close and you don't know anything about most of the people you run into you don't know their name you don't know who they are very limited detail that would be like your public sphere and then your social sphere would be like if you go to you know you attend a church and there's you know 100 200 you know 50 people whatever and you know some of their names and you know or you're like my my wonderful wife, you know everything there is to know about all these people, but you have difficulty with names. Um, or you you know minimal things. You, you see these people often on a weekly basis, sometimes twice or three times weekly, but you're not super connected with some of the people at your work zone, at your job or your school or church. Um, you know them and you know things about them, but your connection is really kind of limited. That would be your social. And then your personal would be, you know, people that are, you know, closer to you, good friends, you know, some, you know, somewhat distant family members, cousins that you, you know, have dinner with, hang out with, you know, what, what have you. And then you have your intimate, which is typically like two to three close friends, family members, spouse that you share everything with people that you're just extremely close to. And you're probably wondering why in the world am I walking you guys through this? Well, the reason is, is because I've recently been reading on, you know, the Garden of Gethsemane as we get closer um, to Resurrection Sunday. I have been reading about some of the things that Jesus went through. Um, In fact, I've been preaching on it recently. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus, he has, leading up to this moment, prior to him celebrating Passover, prior to him having, you know, the Garden of Gethsemane in that whole time, he had thousands of people following him. And then from the human side or from the human nature of Jesus, that he wouldn't have known all of those people or known all of their names or everything about them. He would have just had contact with them through the public sphere. And then that gets narrowed down. And at one point in time, he sent out, you know, the 75, um, you know, two by two to go into the community. So you could almost even see that as being like a, 
uh, a social sphere. And then he celebrates the Passover with his 12 disciples. And of course, we know that Judas was a devil and was planning on betraying him. So he, he left, but he's down to 11 people, which would be like his personal sphere of relationship. And then when he gets to the garden, he leaves eight of them and takes three, Peter, James, and John, a little bit further in. And then he even leaves those three and goes by himself into the garden of Gethsemane to pray. Now, the reason that I'm sharing this with you is because Jesus is our example, and the Hebrews tells us that he was tempted in every point that we are yet without sin. Now, we can look at this temptation as being simply he was enticed to sin, and that's definitely true, but there's another aspect that he was tested and he was proven, and the one thing that I love about Jesus is that no matter what we go through, he has went there before us. He has done it prior to us going through it, so he can walk with us and literally say, I understand and not just be blowing smoke. He knows what we're dealing with and how to make it to the other side. And so he was abandoned in the public sphere. He was abandoned in the social sphere. He was abandoned in the personal sphere. And he was abandoned even in the intimate sphere. So even when you feel abandoned, even when you feel betrayed, and even when you feel isolated, there's one who has already been there, and his name is Jesus. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. God bless.